All right, well, I'm excited for the word tonight. I'm excited for what God's going to release through the word. I want to talk to you about insatiable hunger tonight. And I want you to turn to 1 Kings 19. It was interesting. Lisa gave me a, uh, actually she was watching a video this morning and uh, kind of lined up. One of the lines, uh, I'll just explain what I saw, but she, there was a, a missionary who had the testimony of going to China and she was bringing Bibles. And, um, and as she was going to China, she, um, they, were, they were found out with the Bibles, right? They, they, were, they were being followed and they couldn't, they had to, like, they had, you know, they were guarded the whole trip that they had except they went into this nasty, you know, this really dark place in Shanghai, and the people that were following them would not go into that place. So they were afraid, so that she, where she went to go find uh, this person who was what the, the yeah, he was, he was a martyr for the church, but not dead, obviously. And um, he, he was in, he was, his, the ministry was, or wherever they met was, up above a police station, and as they got to the to place, she found out it was a police station and happened to be noontime, and they all went out to lunch. So they were able to get in and get by. Yeah, the police station was right on the bottom floor, so you had to go through that to get up, but she had two packs of Bibles because she recovered some of the Bibles. So she's going up through, and anyway, make a long story short, The really the gist of what I want to tell you is that she went into this place, and there was... There was a lady who had, had, they had burned her eyes out because she had said that she had had an encounter with Jesus and she had seen Jesus. And they cut her ears off because she said that she heard the voice of God and she would declare the word of the Lord out in the streets. So, so I just want you to get a perspective of where we are here in the Western Church and what they're dealing with <laughs> over in the persecuted, the church that's actually exploding. And the pastor said to, when she, find, uh, she talked with this lady, but this lady brought her to uh, the martyr, to, to the man who, who is actually the leader and, and continued to just, they, they would just, she just said that the presence of God was so thick in these little rooms and all the kids were just, their parents were taken the night before. And so all the kids came in and they, they were, first they were hiding and then they all came out to know that she was an American, that she was sent with the word, with the word you know, Bibles. And, and the Holy Spirit just really just began to move on her. And then this man came from somewhere, and she asked him, well, what's, what do you need? What is it that you need? And he said to her, he goes, don't, you know, he goes, people come here, and they think we need $50,000 for our church. He goes, I don't need your money. He goes, we need the church to believe with us for, an, for, for a breakthrough in the church. He goes, there's two things that cripple the church. He said, two things that the church is, that, that is uh, something that, that paralyzes the church. One is severe persecution, and the other is apathy. And so I want to talk to you tonight about apathy, because this man, uh, really, they've seen crazy creative miracles, like people without arms, like the arms that were gone. And the bone, the bone first would fly out. Then the, the muscles, the sinew, then the skin. I mean, he'd see, they'd see 
crazy creative miracles. And I'm telling you, that's the book of Acts alive for us. That's greater. That's the greater thing. Because you don't see the testimony of that in the book of Acts. You don't see creative miracles like that. And I believe that God is trying to do something in the, in the Western church. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the Western church. Really, because we are, we are so comfortable. I'm telling you, and we're singing that song, take me to the fire, you know, take me through the fire, take me to the, through the flame. I want to go through the wilderness. Do you? <laughs> Do we want to go through the wilderness? Because I believe that God wants to bring the church into a whole, we don't have to go through the things that they go through there. We're blessed. But what happens is the church doesn't realize how blessed they are. I'm telling you right now, we don't have an understanding, we don't have a reality of the blessing that we have on our lives. That actually America has a crazy anointing on them right now if we just grab hold of it to move out of apathy and into, I'm, I'm going to say it, into a supernatural place with God. Because God is calling a church to come to a whole higher level and it doesn't come through just being real comfortable and being dissatisfied because we're not hearing the right things, because we're not experiencing the right things, because we're really fickle. We are. I am. I realize this as I'm listening to this testimony today and I'm, I began to weep in my heart, I'm, in my spirit. I just began to weep because I'm like, God, I don't know anything about this. Like, I don't know. We have a, we have a student from China that lives in our house. He has no clue. He has no clue. I tell him I'm praying for you. Or I'll pray for him, at, with, at, you know, when we're eating. Like, Lord, let, let him hear your voice. He's like, huh? He's got no clue. He comes from a very wealthy family. They've got no need of God. They've got no need of God. But see, here's, here's where we lie. Here's where we are as an American church. We really, we are the book of Revelation. We are kind of the Laodicean church that sits in a place where, what, we, we think we're in one condition. We're in no need of anything. We're good. God, we got everything. We got, you know, we, we can get the crowds. We can pull in people. We can train everyone in all kinds of different ministries. But we don't have him and we don't have the fire that really, because I want to talk about hunger, insatiable hunger that we, that we have to have. And if we don't have it, we won't get the weight of God on our lives. Do you know what I mean when I say the weight? When I say, when I'm talking about the weight, I'm talking about the reality of the Holy Spirit coming to our lives in such a tangible way that when you speak to a demon, it goes. It's not like something that we pretend to do or we have fun and we think it's good to be... And I, Listen, I want the final gospel. I want to pray for the sick and to see him healed. I do. I want to see the demons dri driven out. You know what? De honestly, deliverance ministry is not like the one thing I want to do. Anyone with me? I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. But you know what? God calls us to do that. It's in the Bible. I'm telling you right now. I, wasn't even, I haven't even got to know anything yet, right? I'm telling you right now that the Holy Spirit is wanting an army to rise up. Right? And be equipped. Yes, we need, we, but we've got all the equipping that we can handle. I'm telling you, we've got all the best teachers. We've got incredible anointed people that can teach us and give us understanding and give us, give us everything we need to be equipped. 
But there's one thing that we miss. We miss the, the insatiable hunger to give us, to bring weight to our lives. And that absolutely will annihilate everything that's in our spirit. And I know I've been talking about going deep for four weeks. It's okay. But God's coming in to do a deep work. That's where the fire comes. That's where the rain, you know, the Holy Spirit comes and he blows. And the blacksmith comes and he changes and he transforms us on the inside so that when we come out into the world, we shine like sun. The sun. And so I just want you, I want you, I, I can't even go. 1 Kings 19, 1 through 7. I'm just going to look at Elijah as a model for us. I'm going to talk about a few more, more scriptures that just deal with hunger. Because we need to have an, a biblical understanding of what hunger looks like. Right? It's not just about being hungry for something. Because when we're not focused and we don't have, a, 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 an, if we're not focused and we don't have the right diet. Are you hearing me? When you look at the book, books of Genesis or, or actually let's just go Exodus through Num numbers deuteronomy it's all talking about regulation and diet why because we don't need to know that it's it's not applicable to our lives now no god has a message in that he wants us to know the right things to be filling ourselves with so that we can release the right things right because and, and then jesus said what it's not what's in it's not what you eat but it's what in, what's in the heart that comes out. And so God's dealing with the heart, right? He's dealing with the heart issue. And I can tell you that all the things that we're talking about in regulation and in the Old Testament, and you can read all that boring stuff because it's really boring. But God will give you revelation if you ask him, if you're reading the book of law, and you ask him for revelation, God, give me understanding of what this means because it's not there for no reason. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God can give us understanding to all these things if we ask Him, but we have not because we ask not. Now I'll get there. 1 Kings 19, verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not take your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So she's threatening the life of the prophet, right? And when he, sat, when he saw that, he arose and what? He ran for his life like the rest of us would do, right? When witchcraft is like blazed at you and people start talking smack about you, you just want to run. Like any prophet would. in the back shaking his head no <laughs> and went to Beersheba right which belongs to Judah and left his servant there so his so his armor bearer is now left in the dust because Elijah's like I'm out of here you can stay here and you can get torched by this lady but I'm out of here right it says this but he himself went on a day on a day's journey into the wilderness how many like the wilderness and he came and sat down under the broom tree or juniper tree. And he prayed that, the, that he might die and said, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Weren't we talking about generational stuff last year? I mean, last week, last year. It seemed like a year ago. Like last, last month, right? Last week, where the Holy Spirit was speaking 
that our blessing as we realize and understand the victories that we have will affect the generations behind us, right? Like your victory will affect your moms, right? Your victory will affect your dad or it will affect your kids, come on, because we want to live in a place of fulfillment, right? So it says, it says this, and then, they, then he lay down and, and slept under the broom tree, and then suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise, eat. And then he looked, and there was by his head a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. And so he ate and drank and laid down. Now wait a minute. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat. So said, Arise and eat because your journey is too great for you. And so he arose and ate and drank, and he went into the, in, in the strength of that, for, that food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb and the mountain of God. And so I just want to talk to you about the essential ingredient to walk as a healthy believer. We need it. We need it. Faithfulness is good. But you can be faithful watching the cemetery. I'm just saying. Faithfulness is good. It's a, it's a fruit of the Spirit. And God, here's the thing. When we become so hungry with the things of God, when we become so hungry and we desire the things of God, all the other fruits come on. They just start popping out of our lives. So I just want to talk about that that one thing that we need to be healthy, burning New Testament believers, okay? And so we must gather, and I want to I just encourage us to gather around hunger. Because I'm telling you, in my own life, I've watched as leaders, senior leaders that I had above me, get real nervous because of hunger. And can I tell you in this place, you'll never have that issue. As a matter of fact, I will challenge your hunger. I will challenge you to be more hungry than me. And if you are, come on, I'm going to run with you. I promise you. I promise you I'm not threatened by someone who's hungry for God and wants to seek the face of God and wants to chase God. That, listen, guys, there is nothing more that God wants from our lives than to be hungry for him. Because I believe that hunger gets everything in the kingdom. I'm telling you. And so you just, it's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Can I say that? It's dangerous for a believer not to be hungry. It's dangerous. It's something that we should not be. We shouldn't be ap apathetic. We shouldn't be sitting back. We shouldn't be happy with what happened yesterday, and that's enough. Are you hearing me? So it's not, it's, it's not healthy for a nation to be apathetic. It's not healthy for a church to be apathetic, right? And so if you're here tonight and you've been with us over any period of time, you know that we, we just don't, we don't leave, I, I don't like to take my foot off the gas. I just like to go and I like to run and I want to see God move and I want to be in what God's doing and I want to run with him to the next thing that he's doing, right? And so I don't, want it, I don't want that to ever. And so there's a lot of boredom in the body of Christ. How many know that? It's a, there's a lot of boredom. People are bored. People are bored. People are sick of not having true community. People are sick of not connecting with one another and then 
the fire of God hitting that. But we need something real. We need the Lord to absolutely ignite it and come and run, run into us. I need a collision with God. Okay, so, so, but it is because of lack of hunger that we're, we're bored. Because I can listen to 15 teachings and I can listen to the same thing. Oh, and I do, I do. Listen, I listen to a lot of stuff. I read a lot of stuff. I read my Bible. I read, you know, I read other people's uh, books and I, and I listen to other ministries because I'm, I'm like, God, I want whatever. I want it all. But some things, it just becomes redundant and we keep feeding on the same thing and it doesn't, it doesn't even affect us. We're so, listen, 20 years ago, you weren't seeing the signs, wonders, and miracles that we see now. I'm telling you. 20 years ago, you weren't seeing it. And now, we see healing all over the place. We see amazing things happening all over the place. And it's because people have gotten hungry for that. So what you feed on, you will begin to bear fruit of. And so I just want to talk to you about culture because what is happening with culture is if we feed on culture, the culture that we live in, and we begin to think that way, something's going to shift and it won't be a good thing. Okay, so hunger is a powerful thing. It's not only a sign of life, but it's a sign. It's a primary source of growth. If you don't eat, you won't live. If I don't eat, and I like to eat. But if I don't eat, if I just decided tomorrow I'm going on a 50-day fast, I think as much as she loves me fasting, she'll be talking to me about day 35, saying, are you all right? I used to, I remember Josiah, especially one, one time he was sick when he was little. He just, he wouldn't eat. He wouldn't move. He was just, ugh, lethargic. And I, you know, I was like, What's the matter? Is he okay? You know when they're little, you're, you're like, what is going on? Like he's not moving. And he usually doesn't stop eating. He wants to eat every two minutes. He's just constantly grazing. And so when you see the sign that there's no one that's hungry, there's, there's no hunger, then you become alarmed. And so it goes in the spirit. If you're not hungry, I'm going to be alarmed. Jesus is going to wonder why I'm not hungry if I decide I'm not eating today. Because you should be eating from the Word daily. You should be drinking from the Spirit daily. You should be partaking of the goodness of God every day. And so the moment we lose our appetite, we're moving towards starvation and death and disease. I'm just, I'm just making it kind of real because it's the truth. This is the truth. We don't think of it like this, but what you are spiritually hungry for is going to feed your soul. And so if you're not hungry for the right thing, because I'm going to talk about diet, it's not just being hungry. You've got to be hungry for the right thing. Because there's so many things. It was... There's so many things that we could be hungry for. And so, and the, and I just, if, if we treat the coming move of God like we've been there and done that before, right? If I see, if I just begin to get a taste of what God's about to do and I say, ah, old hat, it's old hat. I've done it before. I've seen it. I got the t-shirt. I was there. 
Because that's what happens to us. I'm being perfectly, I'm being truthful because I, I listen, I've seen it, people who give me testimonies of, you know, I'd, I'd give testimonies of healing to my, one of my older uh, <laughs> protégés. He's, he's, he's an 85-year-old evangelist, and he'd be like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to, that's what's supposed to happen. Well, I'm sorry, I need to get happy when someone gets healed again. Like, if I lose the excitement of that, then what do we have? I don't have anything. But I want to see people delivered, saved, and healed, and I want to see it every day, and I don't ever want to get used to it. So there has to be an appetite that you still want to see the depths of God come to your life. Right? And let me just say this. Satisfaction can be a distraction. When we are satisfied, it can, be a, it can distract us from the, from the greater thing that's about to come to us. And I want to believe that God's going to send a, a, a sp- supernatural hunger to us tonight that will absolutely rock us. That we, you won't be able to get away from it, right? Because that's what we want. We want God to just nail us and it never to go away. But you have to, you have to feed it. You have to feed your hunger. And if you don't feed your hunger, it will be fed by something else. So what's the mandate? See here, that's why this is, this is like a revival church. Because I constantly, I constantly push you to hunger. I constantly push you to be hungry for something else. And that's what a revivalist will do. He'll, he'll constantly move you to hunger again. You want to be hungry for something beyond yourself. And he doesn't let you just sit. And, the, and a ministry of revival will never let you just sit and be content. There's something to be said about being content in all things. And I understand where Paul comes from that. Because you've got to rest at some point. But there is some, something about having an insatiable hunger that God, you cannot be quenched. That the power of God is wanting to come to your life and you just are open and then you never get enough. It's okay to be addicted to Jesus, I'm telling you right now. It's okay to be addicted to the Holy Spirit, because I am. I hope it's okay. But the heart of the church should be to pursue and overcome and be awakened to the greater thing now, right? To God's, you know, pouring, what he's pouring out. And so... So just before we dive into the rest of what I have, I just want to hit a couple, a couple of scriptures, and I just want to talk to about the, the power of your appetite, because our appetite we need to know. In in, in every cha- every generation, there's a there's a challenge that who's going to grab your hunger first, right? Raise kids in this day and age. I want my kids to be hungry for heaven and not for Whatever else the, the, the world, the spirit of this age is serving. You understand? Because the world is serving something to you. The question is, what are you partaking of? And so this is this whole thing. God wants us to be separated. Right? Not to make judgment. Not to judge and condemn the world because Jesus never came to condemn the world but he called us to live in the light as he's in the light right and so if I'm full of light and I, I just I'm so full of him I don't judge who's around me but I have compassion and the power of Christ is on me to set the captive free and that's what I live for it's not something that I live outside of and I think about it as a, as a good idea or maybe something that is 
looks good on paper, but you want to do that because your passion for God is in such a place that you love people. Right? And so who's grabbing your hunger first? And we look at just Daniel, Daniel chapter 1, and I'm, I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to, it was just thoughts that I wrote down. Daniel made a decision to consecrate himself through prayer, and nothing seemed to be happening. Right? <laughs> Come on. Because we separate ourselves under the gospel, right? That's what Paul said. He said, I separate myself under the gospel. And God is looking for people who are separated, people who are given to what? I, it, it, you'd rather seek God and pray and grab hold of him and feast on him. That's all that fasting is, guys. It, it is separating ourselves, but it's because I, if I give up the food, that's, that's one thing, right? That's just starving myself again. But the idea is that I just seek the Lord. The idea is that I begin to devour him. I begin to separate my, and so you don't have to even fast food to do that. Right? You don't have to do that. So Daniel and his friends chose, to, chose an appetite directed by the Spirit of God to fast out of an insatiable hunger for him. And it says this, that, that, that their countenance was different. Right? See, what was going on was there was all the delicacies of the Chaldeans. All the delicacies. They had all the good meats, all the fine food. And Daniel and his dudes were like, no, we're going to eat what we, you know, we're, gonna, we're just going to have veggies and water. We're not going to drink wine. We're not going to eat the meat. We're not going to do anything like that. We're going to separate ourselves, and we're going to look, and it's going to make us look different, right? Because it did. It made them look. Their countenance was different, it says, the Bible says, that they were brighter. They were more aware. They were able to have wisdom to understand and know all these anomalies, all these things that the Spirit of God began to give them so that they could begin to speak, listen to me, governmentally. And it says this, that Daniel purposed in his heart. <laughs> Daniel purposed in his heart to what? See, if we think of this, it's like the natural man sets us into a different mode. We think of things like if I don't, it's not about what I eat, but it's about where your heart is, right? Because it's not a stomach issue, it's a heart issue. Is everyone okay? Okay. Right, he said this, he said, I will, not I will not defile myself by consuming the king's meat. And so, can I say this, whatever you crave has the right to control you. Can I say that? I'll say it again. Whatever we crave has the right to control us. And so God's looking for a people who crave something beyond the natural man. But he wants us to crave the things of heaven so that we'd be in line with what he's saying. And, and, and the other thing is whatever we, we crave has, but appetites are disruptive. Can 
Can I just get real? So when I was, come on, when I was walking in addiction, when I was walking outside of Christ, and not everyone needs to be addicted to just all of a sudden go to Christ. But what I'm saying is this. When I was living in this life that I craved one thing, right? I craved everything that absolutely served darkness. I'm just telling you the truth, right? And so now in the kingdom, it, it doesn't, I was disrupted, right? My life was disrupted by what I craved. And so right now, I'm saying the same thing to the Lord. Lord, I want my life to be completely disrupted. I want my life to be disrupted by what I crave. I want you to take over and disrupt my life. How many want their life disrupted? No, I'm not expecting 100 hands. No, I'm not. Because I'm, I'm believing God will do that. But really, we're good. Like, I'm good. Like, I got God. I'm good. I'm hanging. Like, I love church. I'm good. But I'm telling you, God is wanting to come in and have, have a party with you. No, really, he wants to bring you into another realm that you don't, you are just not satisfied, but you crave him in such a way. Can I tell you something about pregnant women when they crave something? They need to get what they need. And sooner than later, right? It's like, ah. And so it's either them going to get it or usually, come on. Or Ken, come on. So the Holy Spirit wants us to have this understanding tonight. I promise you that he does he wants to control what you crave, right? It's all about diet. It's what I eat. It's what I consume. It's where I live out of, right? And so we'll increase, I believe this, we'll increase and we'll excel in what we eat. In what you consume and what you take in and what you devour, because the Bible says that we're supposed to eat, right? And so it's the power of a daily diet. Come on, I'm giving you good stuff here. It's powerful. God wants us to have a daily diet that is just insatiable, that we can't get enough, that I need, and it's not milk. I want meat. God, I want the good stuff, and I want the good stuff that comes from heaven. And so your destiny has a diet. I'm sorry. To inform you, but your destiny has a diet. And it's dependent upon what you take in. I'm not talking about food at all anymore. Come on. I'm talking about the spirit of the word that comes into your life and brings transformation and actually puts a weight on your life. Because I can't live out of a dry, dead life and try and pray for the sick. I need something of fire in my life. And I don't always have to have feelings, but I have to know this, that God, come on, that I get my food daily from him. And when I get my food daily from him, I have something to give away. So God wants to give us an appetite for our future. Are you hearing me? He wants to give us an appetite that will excel us into the purposes of God, right? And then you must eat food for your future, and not compromise to the level of the culture. 
Because it's very easy to just, we need to blend in. I'm, ta I'm talking about seeker-friendly church. I'm talking about church. That we need to make everyone feel okay. Right? That I need to make everyone feel comfortable. But the Holy Spirit's saying, no. That's what, that's what the blacksmith is. Come on. That's what the blacksmith's all about. He's about not making you comfortable. And it's not about coming to church and wanting to crawl out of here. It's because when you have proper diet and you come into church and you come here, if you have proper diet, you don't come in like, I need you, Holy Spirit. Right? I don't want to live like that. Oh, God, help me. And I'm not saying we don't come in and we need a drink and we need a touch. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. You understand me. But if it's a repetitive thing that every time you come in, it's like you're crawling in to get the presence of God because you haven't, you haven't, you've been totally in a different place all week. Right? You've been living out of, you know, the world culture all week and you can't function now because you get here and it's like you get beat to death. I'm serious, man. And so God is going to, he's going to shift that. And it's like, you don't need the shallow waters anymore. You need to go home and go into the deep water. You need to leave here and go into deep waters. And not live in the shallow places, right? This is why this whole thing in the last three or four weeks has been about going deep. God's wanting to bring us into a deep place so that we end up out of control. Because what happened to Ezekiel, what, is he ended up in this river and it was overtaking him. And that's how God wants us to be. He wants us to be absolutely indulged and gorged with the presence of God. So I can think of days past, you know, where I, ha I had this hunger. And I was serving in, in a good ministry. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, there was, I could feel this tension because I had a hunger for something more than what was being released. Right? And it's okay. I love this pastor. I still talk, you know, I still, it was all good. But what I'm saying is this, is that I was in this place where I needed to go. God, I just need to go there. I need to go to this place and go get touched by the Holy Spirit. There's something more out there that I need. And the problem is I didn't know that I had it already within myself. And so I'm not saying, I'm not, we're having a conference, you know, we're having things. We want to stir the waters. We want to stir the region. That's why we're having a conference. That's what anyone would do, right? But here's the thing. You have to realize that you come prepared. Like when I go into a meeting and I'm visiting a meeting and I'm ready, I feel great. Come on. And I'm ready. And normally when I'm like, I feel like this is true for me, that when I'm ready and I'm receiving from the Holy Spirit without anyone coming and prophesying to me, usually I'll get a word because I'm a magnet for God. It's like I don't need another word, right? But the presence of God is so tangible, right, on your life that you just allow God to come in and blast you. I'm encouraging you tonight. Don't hold back. No one in this room should be holding back. So Hunger will separate you. Hunger will ruin friendships. 
Everyone say amen. It's okay. Hunger will ruin friendships because you're more hungry and they think you're crazy. And it's okay. Hunger will ruin stuff. But we have to go back to that question, am I going to please God or am I going to please men? Right? And it will set you from one place to another. And I believe this about, here's what happens, right? Hunger determines what you do next. Why? Because when I become so hungry for God and what he's going to do now, and really, it's not just, listen, I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, that this just isn't another message. Lord, let it sink deep into our spirits. Lord, let it, let it wreck us to our core. Lord, let our hearts be wide open to how you want to speak and what you want to do and how hungry you want to make us tonight. Here's the thing. I can't move ahead unless I start eating from where I'm going. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't be eating milk or drinking milk, I should say. I can't be drinking the little things and then expect to go higher. It do, I, I don't think it works like that. I'm just thinking it doesn't work like that. I have to start eating to where God's going to bring me. So if I'm hungry and I'm hungrier for the greater, God's going to bring you to a higher place with him. And I'm not talking, I'm talking, it can be platform, but it shouldn't be about platform. It shouldn't be about the position in your job. It shouldn't be about that. It should just be about one thing. Colliding with Jesus. I should have named this message head-on collision. Because I want to have a head-on collision with Jesus. Because I don't want to get up. Because I know I lose that battle. Just look at it in Jesus' life, right? The first thing when he went into the wilderness, the testing was what? Take this stone and make it bread. I'm telling you, it's all through the Bible. I started looking at this stuff. It's all through the Bible. It's all about our appetite. Jesus said, no. He said what? He said, in the meantime, right? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds. Every word that proceeds. That's not a nice little Bible lesson for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? When he said no, because I'm supposed to eat the word of God every day, every moment, I'm supposed to eat what proceeds from the Father's mouth. He said it again in John. He said, my food, right, chapter 4, verse 31 through 34, he said, in the, he said my food is to do what? The will of the Father. It said, in the meantime, the disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. He just had a long day of ministry. He's sitting in the sun. Signs, wonders, miracles. And they go, they go to Chick-fil-A. I'll use Chick-fil-A. And they're bringing food. And they go, Rabbi, eat. And he's like, no, I don't want to eat. He said, I have food that you don't know about. Isn't that what he said? He said, I have food you don't know of. He said, therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? What's the matter with him? He always eats with us. He always eats Chick-fil-A. We get him tenders every time. 
But he was at the well, and he was ministering to the woman, and then he, all of a sudden he saw this. He had a massive vision for harvest just right in front of him, right? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. See, power and authority, we gain power and authority not through having 10 steps to cast out a demon. <laughs> it's good. I'm not, come on, I'm not knocking it. Come on, I'll do it too. I've done it. I've taught on healing and casting out devils. I've taught on all that stuff, right? But it's not about another teaching. It's about having that insatiable hunger that you know that God is weight, his power, his authority is on you. Because it, what happens is we end up like the sons of Sceva. Because I want my name to be known in heaven, ready, and in hell. I don't want to be a prisoner of hell. That's not what I'm talking about. I want my name to be known in hell. Because I don't want them to come and say to me, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who the heck are you? Who are you? We don't know you. You're not on the list of the most dangerous men in, in, in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New England. Come on, somebody. Power and authority comes by what you eat, by what we desire, by the desire of our heart and our soul. Come on, our soul. I'm telling you, it's the soul. It's the spirit. The spirit's there. It just wants to come out. But the soul is the one that rules the, the hunger. And I'm realizing that my mind will get in the way and start messing with me, right? So we have to overcome all those things that come on our mind, right? But we don't want to be like that, right? So let me just inform you. The devil's after your life and your destiny. I don't like to focus on that, but the... Let the truth be told that the enemy is after your life, is after your purpose. He's after it. And if we get slack, if we get lackadaisical, if we get apathetic, he's coming in and he's going to bite you. And he's going to serve you and he's going to open something up for you so that, what, you fall away. I promise you guys. I know guys that were, I had in conferences that were serving and they're not even, I don't even know if they're following Jesus now. I'm just being honest. And God's wanting to come into the church for every believer, not just the guys up here. This is just, anyway. It's like, should be mandatory 101 that you, you got to be a hungry minister. I don't know. But it's not. It's not. Because people get weird. Like, they're too crazy. They love revival. No, no, no. They get nervous. People get nervous. I didn't know that people would get nervous about revival. They get concerned, brother. They get concerned about what you're seeking. I know, I know. I know. The reality is that we have an adversary. I didn't even get back to Elijah, did I? I know. All right. I'll get to it now. Ready? Ready? We're going back to it. That was a long wind. Jeez. 
Elijah started eternalizing what Jezebel spoke. Internalizing, right? I'm going to kill you. I'm telling you, the enemy will threaten you. He will threaten you. And I'm telling you, if you're not more hungry for him, if you don't listen to the spirit of the Lord, right, that's speaking loud and clear, that's saying, come, come to the waters, come to the place where I want to bring you, come to that place. So it says this, that, he, that Elijah just, he took off, he booked it. And I said, like any good prophet would, right? Because what happened was he was dealing with depression, he was dealing with all kinds of things, right? So he said, I just want to die. But God said, no, get up. And he had to do it twice. So come on, sometimes the spirit of awakening don't help. I just realized that in this scripture. Because here's what the Lord did. He came to him, he said, wake up, eat, drink. He got up, ate, drank, and went back to sleep. He said the same thing again. Okay, get up now. Eat, drink. Why? Because I've got some place I want to bring you, and it's a long journey. And do you understand the truth in this? That there's a journey that God wants you to take, and he wants you to be sustained by the, the supernatural, by the food that comes, that's prepared by angels. Come on, it was prepared by angels, guys. Dude, the angel made him cake. He made him cake and brought him water. It's crazy. Right? Because if I told you that tomorrow morning, I, I posted on Facebook, Angel Cater, bring me, bring me water and bring me, bring me a cake. Everyone would be like, he is off his rocker. But it's in the Bible. So what do we want? Do you want what's in the Word or do you not want it? I'm telling you, Bible says this, that he brought the same spiritual food, right, from the, for the children of Israel. Remember that? He brought manna. And manna was supernatural food. As much as I make fun of it, because I, I, there's an interpretation that means, what is it? But you had to eat the manna every day. Every single day. You had to eat the manna every day. Or it would go bad. It would get worms. It would rot. It would be no good. Every day. And so the Holy Spirit's speaking to us on that. That what? Every word that proceeds out of the word, mouth of God, I need it. And then Jesus said this prayer. He said, give me, Lord, my daily bread. And we think it's a nice prayer. Give me my daily bread. We sing it. I'm telling you guys, if you ever read the Bible, it's like if you start reading it with an eye that you can hear things and see things, I'm telling you, God is saying this. Give us daily bread. Lord, give me the thing that sustains me. Give me the, the spirit of, of truth inside me daily. Dude, God, give me something that will, if I go to my coworker who's sick, that I pray for him and something's going to change. If I go to the guy, to the neighbor down the street, that when I, I go over there and I begin to speak words of life, he's going to all of a sudden, what was it that brought Peter into this place where he preached the gospel and they were like, what, what, what must we do to be saved? Because I'm telling you, the power of the gospel is coming on the church again. I, pro I promise you. In New England, at least. <laughs> I'm believing that God is going to release such a grace that when we speak the words for the gospel and, ex and just releasing the spirit of Christ, that people are going to begin to not, it's not going to be like, oh, you have to 
talked them into salvation. It's called the power of his presence that comes that actually all men will be saved because of conviction. God, give us, Lord, let, let my preaching, right? I get an opportunity next week to, to speak to the lost. God, do something. Something outside of me that will just, what must I do to be saved? Not we came for a meal and, and we're getting umbrellas. No. No. Help us, Jesus. It's what must I do to be saved? And God wants, that's why I'm going back to this. What we eat puts weight on our life. What I desire, what I inhale, what I, everything, every breath I take, it's filled with the presence of God so that I have weight on my life that when I speak words, it changes men's hearts. Not just you, not just me, you. Right? That the power of God would come. And so, here's what happens. When we're hungry, I'm never going to get back to Elijah. Here's what happens when we're hungry. Can I tell you this? When we have prayer, when we have, like, I'm not even going to use what we do. I'll just say, prayer meetings, it's the least attended. Because we don't expect God to come and encounter. We don't expect to encounter God. I'm just saying, you know what? New England's not going to be saved from 20 minutes of prayer a day. <laughs> just, I'm being honest, guys. It's just not, or a week. Should I say a week? Because I think most, the statistics are like, it's not 20 minutes a day. It's like 20 minutes a week or 10 minutes, something crazy, right? And so that's not, come on, everyone go like, you're no good. No, stop. Stop that. I'm just saying things like, really, we wouldn't have, I just, I just give because I'm filled with the Spirit of God and I know that I need to give. It's not something that I, I get coerced in or the preacher has to talk for 20 minutes because the Spirit of God says that the apostles gave everything, that the, they gave everything to the apostles. So the New Testament church is like, Pah. even the Old Testament, Moses had to say, stop. But it's the same thing, right? When we're filled with the Spirit of God, we know God's heart and we know what he wants to do. And I don't, I'm, I'm not taking another offering. Right? But it's the truth, right? We pray, we shout. When we're filled with God's presence, we don't need something else to coerce us. We don't need something else because we're a people that are ready and prepared and ready to go, right? And so, where am I? I've been talking for a while or what? I think so. I'm just going to jump. I'm jumping right out of Elijah. Here's, here's we go. Here we go. I'll end on this with Elijah, and then I'll jump to my, my final point because I feel like I'm being long. Holy Spirit wants us to grab hold of the truth because it says this, that he ate, and it said, I'm going on a journey. God wants to take us on a journey. And it says it, it took him all the way 40 days and nights to Horeb. Where was Horeb? Horeb was where God's glory stayed and remained when Moses was up there. It was Sinai. It was the place of light. This actually means glowing sun. 
And so God wants to bring us and bring us to the high place. And you can't go to the high place unless you eat with him and you drink with him and you partake with him. I'm excited to preach about communion again because I'm going to talk about the seven blessings of communion like I did before. But I'm going to add to it because God's going to release something fresh and new, not something old. So that's what happened. And here we go. Ready? We, 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 what's our hunger? Where's our hunger level? I, I'm, I'm so, ex- you know, God wants to continue to help us with the children's ministry. I started thinking about this because I heard the statistic that the Muslims start teaching and indoctrinating their children at five, six years old. And what are we doing? We're teaching them about nice, you know, little Bible stories. I'm sorry. God wants us to indoctrinate, wants our kids to be filled with revival, wants our kids to be filled with presence, and wants their diet to start right away so that they can be go out and be used to change and transform the world around them, right? So power and presence is coming to the church in multi-generational ways, right? And so it, Jesus did. He said, give us this day our daily bread. I need my daily bread from the Father, right? You need it. I need it. And hunger ignores all qualifications. Can I say that to you? It ignores everything that you think disqualifies you. When you're hungry enough, God will release fresh oil on your life. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you've been through. I know this, that Holy Spirit wants to baptize you with something fresh. And it doesn't matter what you've been through in the past. It doesn't matter even what you believed in the past. I'm telling you, he'll wreck you if you give him an open door to do it. In Matthew 15, it tells us that, right? That the woman from Cana came. She said, my daughter's demon-possessed, Jesus. Will you take care of this for me? And he says, no, you're a dog. That's our Jesus. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. He called her a dog. I'll show you. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs called her a little dog. And she didn't care. Now you hear me. She did not care. She didn't care one bit. Because she just came back. And said, but even the dogs, even the dogs eat from the master's table. And I'm telling you tonight, whatever we're hungry for, we'll get. You need to be hungry. And God's calling us to be a hungry Church, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What will happen? Finish it. There'll be, it's a promise. It's a promise. If I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for righteousness, I'll be filled. Not just in church. Come on, somebody. Not just in church. If you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness on your home and your couch, He's going to fill you. If you're on the street corner and you need God's presence to help you because you know God just spoke to you about touching someone right now, I hunger and thirst for righteousness right now, God. I just hunger for whatever you want to release to this person. And he will give it to you. Because he's good about giving us the desires of our heart, especially when it involves touching others, right? 
a good sweat on this one. <laughs>